Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome to the People First and Profit podcast. I'm so excited. Today I have with me not one, but two guests. Today I'm joined by the Biz Bros. We met the Biz Bros through Russell Brunson, Stephen Larson, and the internet marketing culture. And I'm super excited that they're going to talk to us today about some of their core concepts. Luis Fazi, how are you guys doing today? It's all done. Thank you for having yeah. us. Thank you so much. Uh, we a, are so excited. Honor. Fun fact for those out there, Don and Emily, you know, you guys took our pictures at Steve's <laughs> event and we connected and we're besties. <laughs> That's 100% true. And the fact of the matter is, is I love that you guys bring knowledge and experience and energy. You guys bring crazy energy <laughs> everywhere you go. So thank you for doing that. Thank Absolutely. No, thank you. This is our, our way to kind of like energize our day too. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, that's the secret. Like, so I, ha I have a rule, no caffeine after 3 p.m. So the way I energize myself is by doing the podcast at four. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I got to tell you that I said earlier on a call that first, when you do something like this repeatedly, there's there's like the fear and, oh my gosh, what about? Now, every time I get to do an interview, I'm so excited because it gives me an opportunity to interact, learn, grow, everything about it. And you two, you guys bring the heat, which I absolutely <laughs> love. Thank you. You bet. So I'm going to read your bio, which is one of the most dynamic and interesting bios I've gotten, which is not at all a surprise to me. I'm going to try to do it justice. And then we're going to talk a little about your journey. Is that an okay way to start? Sounds perfect. How can they show up everywhere? That's the question that built their business. But before getting into that, growing up, they fought. Now they work together. After their last opportunity to become professional soccer players, they needed a way to fund their life outside of Venezuela and help their family while making an impact. They didn't know where to start, but a typical job was not an option. After multiple business attempts, such as stickers, t-shirts, eBooks, social media, marketing, and videography, they didn't know what to do. Books, podcasts, and events started being a regular part of their life, but it wasn't until they started digging deeper into other entrepreneur problems that they knew what they had to do. The journey shaped the skills, but the drive to help has always been there. Piece by piece, they built their own content machine. Later, they decided it was time to help others do the same. Now they help businesses turn their long-form content into value-packed assets to build an audience and achieve frictionless sales. That sounded like a trailer to an epic movie that comes out <laughs> Memorial Day 2021, and I feel like my voice didn't quite do it justice, but thank you for that awesome bio and that wonderful, succinct way to tell your story. Don, thank you so much, yeah, man. Thank you. <laughs> and you did 120% justice. Absolutely. To it. Just, it, it sounds even better, you know. I know. We're it. like, Fonsi, you, you did you did good. Because <laughs> he was right. the one, yeah, he's the one, the copywriter in the team. And so, you know, he did a good. I was inspired in my, in my hammock right now. I was like, yes, this feels good. <laughs> it really tells the story well, and it's very relatable, which I love. That was your story, but 
who are the biz bros? Like, where did this company come from? And tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, that's one. You you want to take over? Uh, let's make it happen. So, uh, you know, this voice right here is, is Luis. The other voice, the handsome voice is Fonzie. We both have shared the same name, Luis and Luis. That's what we call Fonzie Fonzie. We, we actually pay twice for all the events that we go to. You know, funny story, <laughs> we go to Fun Hiking Live. They're printing our tags. These tags are Luis Camejo, Luis Camejo. And the guy's yeah. like looking at us like, what? We're like, no, we promise. Here's the receipt. We pay we twice. Pay twice. <laughs> yeah. So, Russell, if you're listening, watching, you know, we did pay twice. But anyways, we came here in, I came in 2010 to the United States. Fonsi came the year after to Texas. I landed in Florida. Growing up, we wanted to be professional soccer players. And that's basically what our life was, you know, like, you know, everything, all the decisions that we made growing up was to be a professional soccer player. Certain things happened that we can discuss later where <laughs> we did not achieve the soccer dream. And, you know, to me, coming to the United States was a way to escape the crazy reality that we live now in Venezuela. We still live, right? It's worse than ever. Family is still there. That's why the family is a huge driver for us. Mm -hmm. But we came here looking for opportunities, going to school. And the sport was a really good way for us to finance our school here and our life, you know, for the first four years. Through college, right, like we... We never really felt compelled to go work for somebody else, mm -hmm. either corporate or not corporate. We always felt like we needed to do something on our own because, you know, that athlete mentality, trying to like go get what you want, go get what you need, you know, work really hard. It was always there. You know, as, as kids, we will go and, and buy these soccer jerseys in the market for like five bucks and then we'll go to our school and sell it for like, you know, 30 bucks. And that was like kind of like the start of like that bug, entrepreneurial bug. Yeah. I mean, at the time when we were little, we didn't really understood what entrepreneurship was mm -hmm. we didn't have you know like our mom she's a teacher or that i will say or, or that was more of a hustler you know trying to <laughs> <Sure>. find uh, <laughs> things to do like like insurance all that that type Se of business right? stuff yeah sure. just trying to sell stuff but we weren't raised on hey like there's people out there that have built their own businesses and done their own their own stuff right yeah they were super supportive and be like whatever you want to be just go and be the best you know but they never said like, hey, there's this path that also exists, right? Because they, they didn't know either. And that was actually when we graduated, when I graduated, he graduated about three years before than me. I started asking myself like, okay, what now? Like, right. I didn't make it as a professional soccer player. I worked my whole life to be a professional soccer player. So now what? What's next? And I think that's when it kicked for us like, okay, we want to build our own stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't want to, you know, just go and sit down at an office. Fun fact, when I was in my last year of high school in Venezuela, I did an internship and I sat down at an <laughs> office and it was during like the World Cup and yeah. I couldn't focus because yeah. I was like <laughs> trying to do game. work, but I was just watching the game and it was terrible. I, after I remember after that internship, I was like, I don't want to work at an office. Right. I mean, now we have our own office, right? But you can ask my brother. I spend more time outside of the office. I've <laughs> working at coffee shops. Yeah. But yeah, so when that moment hit after college, we're like, okay, what do we do? And that's when we started, you know, looking in, in the internet, in YouTube, Google, how to make money online. <laughs> and we came across Russell Bronson's book, right? Dot com secrets. And I started reading that at the moment we were actually working at a soccer franchise, teaching two to six year olds how to play soccer. So lots of patience, right? Yes, there. That, that's, that's the, the main lesson. <laughs> lesson there. We learned how to be patient, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember one day I got the book.com secrets and I, I love Panda Express and I was sitting outside Panda Express and I was reading and I was like, wow. I mean, he just makes it so simple, right? Like, sure. He, you read that book and you, you literally believe that you can sell anything online. So I was like, 
this is it. This is the answer, right? And I go to my brother and we start talking about doing things together. Then our, our roommate comes too and he's like, let's sell stickers. And now we're on this hype <laughs> of we can build our own stuff, right? Change the world with stickers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was literally the thought. And the, the stickers were not like regular stickers or vinyl stickers. So, you know, we had to buy equipment to cut the vinyl. We need to yeah. figure out what the vinyl was. We had to learn how to design. We, we had to learn how to design and, and use the software and all, <laughs> yeah. all these things. And, and you know, two weeks later, we go to this conference and our roommate decides to buy a screen printing machine. So now we're not only doing stickers, but we're also doing t-shirts. And don't you probably seen those t-shirts, the one that says, let us tell your story. Yeah. yeah. Those are made with our own hands. The lesson there is, you know, we had that machine like this Florida heat garage like 90 degree 80% humidity oh. and doing the squeegee things yeah. right and we didn't love the process man it was so so painful to go through this and trying to figure out the marketing how do we sell like how do we do this right and that was a very big lesson on if you do not enjoy the process either give it to somebody else which yeah. we did not have the resources then yeah. or stop doing it yeah. right or don't do it or, or don't right. do it real quick I, I think that there's so much to distill here from your story. It, it, yeah. And that's, that's awesome because first and foremost, most of the people that I have the pleasure of talking with on this podcast, there's a very, very few of them that were introduced to entrepreneurship when they were young and they were encultured into that space. Now, most people that are in entrepreneurship are genuinely, they, they learn about it on their own and it is not an easy or direct path. I mean, it is yeah. trial and error oops, that wasn't right. I'm going to have to do that over again. That cost a lot of time or that cost a lot of money. And yet you you have to do what you're passionate about, the impact you want to make. But most importantly too, you have to like the process, right? So no matter what impact you're making, if you hate what you're doing, you guys just told a really great story, but at the same time, how many lessons and morals can entrepreneurs and business owners take away from that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's definitely a, a lot, you know, and I think in part is, you know, this age where we live, where information is, you know, easy to consume and you can find that everywhere, mm -hmm. right? Or parents didn't grow up like at that, at that point in time, main information was, you know, the TV, the radio, newspapers, or whatever you learned in college, right? Yeah. So most people will go to college and of course their path is go to these other companies. These are the careers that you can have. But nowadays we, you know, is literally the, the age of information yeah. mm -hmm. and you can literally be scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, and come across someone that is going to change your life. Like example, Russell Brunson. And the other example, which is what's coming next, is Ty Lopez, right? Whether we agree or not with what he does, right? Like we saw an ad that he was doing on YouTube one time. Mm -hmm. It was an hour long ad and we saw the whole thing. <laughs> wow. And right after we saw it, right? Like it just resonated with us at the moment where we were in time and we're like, let's invest in that, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, we're very, those are our biggest investment to date. Um, I, I think a big motivation too is like, you know, we still have family back home, right? And uh, and when we started this thing about five years ago with, you know, after that video, the promise on that video was like, hey, you can build something on your own. There's no limits of what you could either make or the impact that you can create. But at the same time, it's like we could we could have control of what we create and what mm -hmm. can we generate. And for us, our family is a big motivator. So we, we needed to have the resources to go help them. We need to have the resources to eventually bring them with us because now we have a family mm -hmm. here. We, I want them to spend some time with with my son, same yeah. thing, right? So yeah. that was a huge driver and that's a big why on even if we 
started with these so many opportunities, you know, from the from the stickers to the social media marketing agency from that course. That's what kept us going, right? That's what kept us, okay, if this fails, you know, let's figure it out. What's the next step? Because the payoff, it's not only the money, right? We could, we talk content is profit. Profit can be many things. It can be time. It can be time with your family. It can, it can be a tool that allows you to create experiences with the, with your loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it means for us. So it's like, okay, how can we build a business that takes care of us, but also helps take care of the family? And that's why different path was not an option for us. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people think wealth is, you know, just a monetary aspect, but I personally believe wealth is doing whatever you want, whenever you want with whoever you want, right. Without Mm -hmm. having to like worry about those things. And I mean, by any means we are there yet. Right. But that's the goal. So if you're doing something you're not enjoying, can you really achieve wealth? Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is something that has been in, in our mind. And it's like, okay, let's, whatever we build, we have to enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Right. And it yeah. has to create the impact. And not only that, those benefits of, of course, bringing our family, helping the people that we love. So what I love about that is, is I knew you and I and Emily, when we first met and we started chatting, we're so well aligned. You know, you used two key words for me and that's profit, which I think when I say people first, then profit, when you're thinking in the business arena, you think, well, my expenses are lower than my income, therefore I make a profit. And although that's true in the classical sense, you two and Emily and I, we see profit as measured in many different ways. And, and one of the, you mentioned it's so important to us as well is time with our family, right? Time to be able to spend mm-hmm. with Frankie when she's not in school, being around her and not feeling like you're grinding things out away from her. The other one is wealth. I think you can measure your wealth as an individual, as a family, as an organization in a number of different ways. And to say, right, your freedom or your flexibility of time, right? Ultimately, freedom of time is great. Those of us that aren't there yet, we like our flexibility of time. When I wake up in the morning and I want to play with Frankie, I can play with Frankie, spend some time with my wife, have a cup of coffee, don't have to get in the rat race. I might work later in the day when Frankie's sleeping or taking a nap or whatever, but that that flexibility of time yeah. is wealth yeah. in my book. And then the last thing is, I love that you talk about why. Because if you don't have a strong why, talk to somebody earlier today that said, passion is important because if you don't, you'll never grind on. Like on the days when it's hard, if there's a season that's hard, you'll give up. And there's a, a great motivational speaker, uh, his name's Simon Sinek. He wrote a book, Start With Why. And it's it's truly, it should be sort of the the core of at least what you start and how you get going. Because I think your why can change, but man- you, you hit why, you hit profit, and you hit wealth. We could be done, but there's so much more to talk about. So <laughs> tell me, your podcast is called Content is Profit. Yeah. In your bio, we talk about the fact that whenever you were getting into the internet marketing space, you created a thing called a content machine. So talk about what content is profit, what does that mean to you, and what is a content machine? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when we started selling, we saw that problem when Fonzie was saying, you know, Russell was explaining on the marketing is the start of the sale. I was at that time working full time as a studio manager in the fitness industry. So I had people under me, we were working like sales day in, day out. My job was to sell as many memberships as we could. Mm-hmm. These were memberships that go for, you know, 159. You're familiar because you worked out in that studio too. And, <laughs> uh, and you know, I had a really like messed up concept on on sales and like who should be our dream client right and we're getting a lot of friction of the people that are coming into the studio and the people that we're trying to sell convinced that that was the issue right and convincing is the keyword there we we're trying to convince them but they didn't want the product right mm-hmm. most of the time so there was a disconnect through the messaging and 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 the sales 
process, right? So we started asking our questions, us, be like, wow, like all these agencies that, that we're trying to hire, they don't have it, right? How can we achieve the frictionless sell? So we started developing this, this, this process and selling it to brick and mortars because that was the industry that I, I was coming from. Now we were sitting one day in a meeting trying to sell this product, uh, which is content by the way. And then we came back and during the meeting, the person goes, guys, this is awesome what you guys do with all these clients, but what about your content? Where's your content? And, uh, you know, we sank down. We're like, man, and Fonzie, like a month ago or something, I don't know, it was like half a year. He's like, let me delete everything like in our social media because it's not our message, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then Russell was like, never delete everything. Yeah, whatever. There was nothing on that page, right? And, and the trust went from all the way up here to the floor yeah. and they didn't buy. And that for us was a reality check. So we're like, man, okay, we're building this machines with the people that we're working with but we don't have our own stuff we don't we don't practice what we preach mm -hmm. how, how can we achieve this and you know we talked about the publishing pyramid and and you know there's four different stages and we can dive into that but one of that is obviously messaging but also consistency so we decided to be okay what's stopping us from publishing like what is stopping us so we started to see those elements that cause friction that didn't allow us to publish one was editing. Like we had to sit down and edit our own videos, our own content. That was not going to happen because we were executing or fulfilling for the clients that we had at the time. So we grabbed those elements that cause friction and we removed them. We're like, what if, you know, we don't do them? Why do we keep and we keep the minimal viable content that for us, right? For every, every person out there is different, but for us was going Facebook live for 45 days straight. Our only KPI at the time was consistency for 45 days in a row. Guess how many we've, we did? I hope 45, or this is a terrible story. <laughs> you are very optimistic, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad you believe in us. We lasted 15 days. Mm. And, and I'll tell you why. Because we got business coming our way and it was amazing, right? And, and the only thing that mattered there was consistency because we were top of mind to the people. And it came from somebody that never commented, never engaged, never nothing. We call them the silent watchers, right? Mm -hmm. And one day the message resonated and it's like, man, I've been watching you for days. Can we meet? And that meeting became in this amazing opportunity that changed everything for us. I feel tricked though. That was a trick question because you said you were going to go live <laughs> for 45 days. And I was like, oh, they're, guy they're men of their word. But what happened was you were able to book before you even got to 45 days. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. And then we were, we stopped because of the fulfillment requirements, right? We were just got busy again and we started dealing with this client. And the funny thing is we went to an event later <laughs> on and we were sharing the story and people were like, wow, that is so cool. So you guys did it again. Right. <laughs> and we looked at each, at each other and we're like, no. <laughs> and it's like, wow, what a great idea. Keep doing what, what has, well, what works. Right. Yeah. And we started season two of 45 live and guess how long we lasted. I'm not even going to hazard a guess. So this time we, I lasted 17 days, around 17 days. My brother, he did finish it. But the reason I stopped is because we actually got new clients and I awesome. was the one doing like the editing for yeah. clients and the fulfillment. And I, at that point I was like, man, like we need to be men of the, the world. We gotta, we gotta finish the thing. And if you yeah. go back at that time, you can see my videos and they're all recorded at 1130 at night because the only thing that mattered to us was consistency. We got to push our message, right? We did, we're testing, you know, you, you don't, you're not publishing, right? You're now testing your things. You're, you're testing your frameworks. You're testing your message. Yeah. That, that was the thing. And the only thing that we did it to remove friction, we didn't plan what we we're going to chat. We just, the framework was, we're going to tell a story of what's happening today. 
that meant that we had to pay attention of what was happening mm-hmm. during that day, right? Or learn something new so we can share yeah. it with our audience. And then we're going to put a call to action to an offer, which was get in touch with us. That's it. That's the only framework that we use. Yeah. And it worked really well. And then what happened was COVID happened, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But wait, be- before, before, COVID. Be- before you go into that, you know, because the question you said, why content is profit, right? And mm-hmm. what and what is profit? Yeah. And I want to add there that it's not only the monetary side, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, like as a business, you need to have monetary profits, of course. But for us, it meant new relationships, right? Yeah. We nail down our message. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the more we speak on the mic and put our thoughts into words, like we just get more clarity every single time, right? And we see that as part of the profit, right? Things we are gaining by creating content. And the thing is, we have actually tried pretty hard to, to think like, what <laughs> is the downside to creating content? <laughs> And we like, we sit down and it's like, okay, let's try maybe this is like, no, like we haven't found a downside and we have asked people and nobody that publishes consistently has ever told us like, yeah, there's actually a negative side of, of, of publishing, right? Some people might say, well, like, well, the time that it takes to do it. And we see it as an investment, right? For you to get certain profits, right? You need a return on investment and you're investing your time to create this that is going to lead. Yeah. to those profits. I'm going to go one step further for you because I love you guys. And I'm going to actually say there is no cost to publishing. There's only a terrible, awful cost to not publishing. Because here's the deal. I did my first Facebook Live ever, March of 2019. And I was so, like, I overthought it. I got in my own way. It was hard to do. And then it sort of, it launched a social accountability because I talked about doing it more. And then we had a bit of a dip through some some really busy photography side because I was doing the lives more for the educational side of me being a coach and a motivator and a public speaker and an yeah. educator and all this. And then by the time COVID hit, right, I didn't have a full sort of proof of concept for the business that I'm trying to endeavor into now, but I wasn't afraid to go live. I go live almost every week. I go live for yeah. podcast episodes. And now it's like, what was I so worried about, right? And I think- yeah. Man, if I had met some of the people that I had the pleasure of meeting in the last year or two, five years ago, I'd probably have 10,000 subscribers and a massive YouTube channel because there's no downside and it's so much harder in your head than it'll ever be in reality. Oh yeah, absolutely. The the picture that we paint in our head is is way worse than the... the what could actually happen in reality, like yeah. you just said, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I remember the first time that I went, I mm-hmm. did like a, a live on Instagram and it was actually a challenge by Myron, you know, Myron Golden. I love he was Myron. like, I want everybody to go live <laughs> on Instagram, share your story and make an offer. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. I was like, <laughs> we were all pumped up. As soon as we stepped out of the room and I had the phone in my hand, I was like, wait, what? And I started looking around and I started seeing people, you know, holding their phone and talking to the camera. And I was like, my thought was, where do I go? So people don't see me doing this, Mm -hmm. right? What part of the hotel right here where we are, can I hide behind? So they don't see me mess up on my Instagram live. Like I already had the mindset that I was going to make a mistake. Like I was diving into the whole wrong. (laughs) And then when I was going live, I was looking at the little number, hoping nobody would hop on. (laughs) I was so scared. And then I started thinking like, this is silly. You know, like when I was done with it, I was like, it was not that awful. You know, like I know my story, you know, I know what I'm trying to communicate. So what, and and nobody's going to come, nobody's going to hop on your platform and be like, oh, you're terrible. You know, like that, that is 
I mean, if some sort of person exists that does that, I'll be like, oh man, I feel bad for that person. You know, like exactly. what must that person be going through to do that certain type of stuff? But you will be surprised. The amount of encouragement that you receive from other people once you put yourself out there yeah, is mind-blowing. And, and you know, I think we we learned this from also uh, from Macaul Jones. You know, we had that interview with her and she's like, guys, the message is your filter, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's fine. Send it out. If they don't like it, they're going to move on. They're not your dream client, right? Like, why, why even bother? Like, we don't need, again, we're operating for a place that we don't need to convince anybody. If they want it, they're going to come, right? And, and, you know, coming from a place where we started operating a lot from a place of need. Mm -hmm. Now we can tell you like there is a way out and it's through the publishing because, you know, yeah. now we're in a very lucky position that we can choose who we work with. And it's been amazing, right? Because we, the message is so dialed down. And then the reason we named the show content is profit is because of that same reason. If there's somebody that doesn't believe that content creates profit, is not going to listen. And that's okay because mm -hmm. I want the people that believe that already to listen to the show. I'm like, Hmm, I, I, I can, I can agree with that message. Let me hear a little bit more. And then that becomes, even if it's like a smaller audience, they're loyal and it's been amazing the feedback, right? So when COVID happened, you know, we're going through like this Facebook live and keep in mind the last three years, we're trying to be like Grant Cardone and Rosso yeah, yeah. and Gary V like, let's build this freaking amazing machine. But because the message was not there, the consistency was not there for the the pieces of video. Yeah, the team, the capacity, the right? The team, the capacity, there. the resources, nothing was there. It was really challenging because we're trying to get to that point before even learning how to walk. So that exercise of going live every single day was very useful, not only to get clients, but like Fonsi said, personal growth and improving the message. Once that was solid, then we can start adding pieces. So COVID happened. Lots of our brick and mortar businesses call us like within a week and they're like, guys, like the city shut down. We are shutting down. There's no way we can pay you guys. Uh, I'm sorry. Like we're dropping. Right. And we're like, oh, freak out. Major freak out moment. Like sure. we, we, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you felt it very similarly. And we were like, this is it. Like, this is the end. I don't know what we're doing. We've been doing this for like four years. This is the type of people that we serve. Blah, blah, blah. Fonsi is like, dude, calm down. Slap me twice. And he's like, go take a walk. <laughs> I came back from the walk and he said something very powerful. He's like, dude, we were already trying to figure out how do we transition into this new market, right? Which is the online ma online marketing space because we're having so much friction with these clients yeah. on the way that we operate. We Going back to what we were talking at the beginning, right? We weren't enjoying the process exactly. of, wor of working with those clients. So we're yeah. like, oh man, how? Yeah. Well, oh, we were thinking like, how do we ditch them? You know, <laughs> how do we, how do I break up? It's not you. It's me. Literally. There it is. It's not yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at the time we were like, man, we, we need them because without them, it's going to be really challenging. So that kept us from like breaking up. Then COVID happened. They like, we break up no matter what. And he's like, man, like, let's change perspective, right? Like we've been publishing. It's been working just on Facebook lives. What about like, let's like regroup and let's start the show again. Like and a year before we recorded five episodes are in the vault. There's too much friction to publish. So we didn't publish them. They're still at the vault. And he's like, this is the time. So we decided again, our message was solid because of Facebook live. We decided on the consistency part, which is the second level of that publishing uh, pyramid, which is three times a week. The reason we do them live is so we actually do them. <laughs> so yeah. we tell the, the piece of accountability that you said, right? And then from there, it was just the episode. It was just a video. And then we started adding the Lego pieces 
you know, yeah. part, you know, as our capacity increase, as our resources increase, we start adding those pieces, which was the repurposing of the content. I'm going from immediately, like two weeks after, because we were telling stories, the message was clear. We were putting call to actions and offers. People started levitating to us, syncing with that message. And within two weeks, we'd recover the, the business that we had lost. Wow. And within a month, we tripled sales from what we had before. And now we have more capacity. Now we had more resources. So I want to jump back to one thing that you kind of said very quickly that I love about McCall Jones, because if you guys bring the heat, she brings the inferno. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when it comes to energy and charisma. So for those of you listening, McCall Jones is the charisma hacker and she's amazing. But her message, your your message is your filter is is a one sentence mind blower because to your point of if content is profit doesn't resonate then that's not your client that's not part of your community that's not your audience same thing with people first than profit if yes. somebody finds my show or finds things that I'm talking about and they're like mm, no profit first then people not my mm-hmm. audience member and it's hard to do that sometimes cuz you feel like i need to cast the widest net possible right and that's yeah. not the case and then so often when things are difficult and and i be I'd be curious to see what you have to say, although you've pretty much already said it. When things are difficult like this, Emily and I have been on hiatus from the photography space for the last almost eight months now, right? Because we do largely corporate and nonprofit events. We've had a couple commercial jobs, but we've thrown all of our energy into keeping our brand relevant, continuing to reach out to and connect with our audience in the photography space. And this, which is trying to help other business owners and entrepreneurs survive so they can thrive. Most people withdraw. Most people, I think, and a lot of times are like, oh, I have to save all my money and I just I just need to this or that, as opposed to doubling down what they know works and going after it harder and faster. Because even if it doesn't pay off now, I'm so happy that it converted for you guys so quickly. For those of you out there that it didn't convert for so quickly, you still got to do the, do the hard work now and it's going to pay off in the long run. So I'm so glad you guys took what you knew worked and doubled your efforts or tripled your efforts or whatever it took to get it done because that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, consistency has been huge, you know, and I I like to share this story now. It is a realization I had not too long ago that, you know, when we started, since we were operating on this place of need, we were just jumping from shiny object to shiny object because we were literally trying to get the quickest impact. It doesn't matter how, right? Mm-hmm. So we were yeah. buying into strategies and, and all these things, but we didn't know the principles, right? right. And if something in the strategy changed, you know, then we didn't have the principles to rebuild and we had to go somewhere else. Or when we didn't see the results that we were expecting, we were like, oh no, let's go on to the next thing. And when you're not consistent, it's very difficult to see any sort of progress, right? And again, it wasn't until we started being consistent with our message and showing our faces, right? Right. That that thing started changing. And we actually had this little acronym that we made up not too long ago either. And it. we I said- Consistency is art, right? And what is art? Art stands for authority, relevancy, and trust. Mm. So if you are consistent, you're going to build all those three. You're going to build authority, relevancy, and trust. And once we figure that out, we're like, wow, that's the way, you know, we need to be in front of the camera, in front of people now more than ever. And if you look at history, right, of media, we live in a... golden opportunity moment right now because let's go back to 1960 where the first tv commercial came out right who were the companies that could afford 
TV commercials or radio commercials or magazine commercials, right? right? Companies that have big pockets, like not everybody could afford to be out there in front of a lot of people and share their message, right? And then when the internet came out and social media came out, now all of a sudden the playing field is starting to level a little bit because now, you know, people like you and I, we can hop on camera whenever and get in front of people and share our message and through our message, right? That filter, now we're getting the people we want to work with and we're enjoying and now we're enjoying the process. So it's an opportunity that yeah. it's amazing, right? But I, I don't know if people actually like have caught that up yet. So you mentioned the 1960s and one of the things I just thought about, right? While you were talking, if, if back in the day, people had big pockets to do an ad, but there was a mom and pop shop the consistency that they exhibited was in the hours they kept, the inventory, right, in their store, yeah. the knowledge they had about the product or the service that they sold. So if you went to an appliance store in the 1960s on a Monday at 11 a.m. and it said on the door that they're open and they weren't open, right? Yep. Yep. Or you went in and they you had this washer dryer you wanted to buy and they didn't have it. Or you asked them a question about a washer dryer and they didn't have it, right? The consistency that existed back then for the smaller shops could be translated to today's digital marketplace because the businesses we offer are so often online, info space, or even, even if you are selling a product, if somebody's like, oh, it's Tuesday and I want to listen to Don's podcast and Don routinely doesn't have a podcast on Tuesday, how much are they going to look forward to, to my podcast? How often are they going to go back to the appliance store that just isn't open randomly, right? It's, it yeah. all translates to today. The, that's an amazing reflection there because one of her, like Lisanne Murphy too, like we, we work with her very closely and uh, she recently had a, an episode where I can't remember the person that said this, but they're like, if, if you don't show up consistently to the, like on the free content or like out there, why would they pay to be on a pay program that you run? So if you're not consistent on the free side, on the value side, why would they pay to be on your program? Right. And you know, to me, it could be like, we could argue this in different ways, mm -hmm. but to me, it shows like, okay, if I'm consistent out there for my people, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow it doesn't have to be full blown content machine, right? Like it has to be once a week, two a week. Like how can we stay top of mind? How can we, if we say that we're actually going live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have to be going live Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the trust, right? Is that thing, can they count on that content? Can they count on that information that you're sharing with, with your group, with your page, with whoever, like that one person that tunes into your Facebook live, that information, if it's only for one person, mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be impactful. And then they're going to turn around and they're going to help two people. And then it becomes an hourglass effect, right? So it's, yes, 100%. It's really interesting because when I was doing a Facebook Live earlier, somebody asked me a question of, if I'm going to start a podcast, does that mean I need to, and she listed a number of different things, number of different streams, number of different things. And, and I actually deferred the question to, to somebody who's been podcasting longer than me. And the answer was absolutely not. If it's a barrier to you launching or making progress. So what I'm hearing from the biz bros right now that I love is it's not, here's your minimum that you absolutely have to do. It's a minimum viable content for you as an individual and you as a business, and it should match your capacity and your resources right now. Yep. Absolutely. And that it grows, so, it grows, right? Yep. So right now, as I'm getting started, my resources and capacity might be here, right? And yet in six months, it might be, oh my gosh, I have so much more resource and capacity. So my content is so much greater. 
That yeah. should take a weight off of people that are concerned about getting started. Just start. If it's once a week, whatever yeah. it is that you're doing, do whatever the maximum is that you can do and still be consistent. Yeah. yeah. This example, we, we show it in every time. I think it's been resonating a lot. It's like everybody listening right now or watching, they can grab their phones and go to the settings and see how much time they're spending on social media, right? It's mm -hmm. probably going to be about two hours. Okay. At least. At the, at the, at at the, least. Low, at the low end of the and spectrum. And if you're under <laughs> two hours, please send me a message and let me know what the secret is because I need to know. But from those two hours, can we take 10 minutes to be a producer and not a consumer? Can I sit down for two minutes and think what happened today that I can share with the people, with my audience, with my dream clients? And then how can I relate that experience to my business? Mm -hmm. We jumped on lives where we share like personal stuff. Like I will go and walk with my two Huskies. Now people know that we have two Huskies and they ask for the dogs all the time. Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, the dogs are more famous than we are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, they will fight. Right. And then I will tell the story on how these dogs started fighting and how, you know, we had to jump and get all muddy and get him out of the way. And we like, and then we related that with our business on maybe why we're fighting with Fonzie, you know, every single day, or maybe why we're, we are not fighting every single day. And mm -hmm. what are the values that we continue to utilize every single day to make sure that the relationship works. And then that translates into an amazing piece of content. And then I can make an offer to my audience be like, if you guys are more interested, are interested in this message, if you want to find out more, reach out to us. Which I think is just a, another barrier to people wanting to start a launch, start content sharing, because they feel like, what could I possibly have to share? In actuality, things from your story, things from your life, things for your journey, make you number one, relatable. And two, all too often, something that we do every day that we might consider mundane or not a challenge or not difficult is something somebody else struggles with. Mm -hmm. And if we can share our capability to do it, our capacity to do it, much like we're talking about right now, you guys are on live every day. And there's somebody out there that's listening to this podcast right now saying, I, I don't think I could go live. And so every time you tell a story about a way you go live, the way it benefits you and the way it benefits a listener is encouragement for them to do it. So that's just Absolutely. another barrier, a self-limiting belief we can destroy right now. Absolutely. Smash yeah. it, crush it. Smash <laughs> it, crush it. Just crush it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have shared so much valuable content with regards to why consistency in content creation is so important. You talked about minimum viable content. You talked about your publishing pyramid. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to advise people on that are in this place where marketing, sales, brand awareness, everything as we're going through, what we're going through and well beyond. What, anything else you want to share? One tidbit of information? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me personally, what has created a lot of big changes, right? Since let's say last year, it has been fo focusing on one thing, right? Like what is our one solution and and who are we solving it for, right? And when we, once we started focusing on our, our efforts, right now we're focusing on our efforts in the minimal viable content. That's when things started to change because before, again, we were just jumping from one thing to the other. Now we see growth as something, okay, how can we make growth sustainable over time instead of how can I get rich quick, for example, right? Maybe not get rich quick, but when we started, we're like, okay, how can we make a thousand couple bucks real quick, right? Okay, let's try to go on sale. And then we found ourselves being miserable and not knowing what to offer and offering yeah. things, different things to different people. So it was a, a part of the process, obviously, that now we look back to and we're like, wow, what an awesome story. What awesome lessons we've learned. But I also tell myself, imagine if we would have get focused like faster, 
right? Mm -hmm. And I, I hate comparisons. I've never liked them. And I get, like Steve Larson says, the only person you should compare yourself is yourself yesterday. And just know if you've been doing, if you're doing better than yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, I listen to these stories, for example, like Catherine Jones, right? This now, uh, Marley Jacks. And they talk about, hey, I started my business around 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, what is, I asked myself, what is the difference? Because we started our business around that time too, right? We started BizBros around that and we were just jumping from side to side. The one difference is that they were consistent in the one thing that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So that for us, it's like, okay, yeah. let's just stay consistent now with the one thing that we are yeah. doing and just keep enjoying yeah. it and keep doing it good. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank I'll, you. <laughs> on my side, I'll say, obviously we chatted about consistency and you do that, but you know, going back to the publishing pyramid, right? Like understand your resources. Like, do I have the money or do I have the time? Right. Once you decide that go a step down, it's like, what is my capacity? So if you have the money, could you hire a team to help you with Mm -hmm. this? Right. If you don't have the money, but you have the time, what is the time that I have to start publishing? So go to your phone, check it out. How can I be a producer for 10 minutes a day? That's it. After you decide on that, decide on your consistency. What is my consistency going to look like? Is it one a day? Is it three times a week? Is it four times a week? I don't care. Stick to your plan. Decide on one, stick to your plan, and then start testing your message. So then you go from the ground up, test your message through your minimum viable content. So whatever you decide on being consistent, and then from there, start building and you're going to see progress. You're going to see people interacting with you. Start connecting. Like you said, people first, then profit. Start mm-hmm. having conversations. Yep. And it's like, how can we help each other? Because your message is going to filter that person. Yeah. So so what he just explained is literally the, 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 the publishing pyramid, mm-hmm. right? And it's key that you need to understand the pyramid from the top to the bottom, but you need to execute from the bottom up, right? Again, we build a foundation. And like he said, messaging always comes first. We'll build in that, in that message. And I want to share something that we have here that we wrote down for, for the publishing pyramid, right? And in messaging, we wanted to share, you are one step away from finding your message, but you can find it on your own, right? And it's what you said, people first. Like one of the biggest benefits about publishing is the relationships you build, the conversations you start with, not only with, you know, people that you want to connect to, but also people that you want to help. You are getting to know them way better. And trust me, once you know them way better, it's going to be way, way easier to then sell them your product, right? Honestly, I don't even think it's a sell at that point because it's an agreement. They're like, hey, I want to work with you. And you're like, you know what? I want to work with you too. And it's a win-win. Then consistency, we say with consistency comes opportunity. Why is that? Because the more we put ourselves in front of other people, the more opportunities we're gonna we're gonna create. We usually call that the the ex, the extrovert effect. With capacity, there's a good a, a really good quote that I like. That is, you can do anything once you stop trying to do everything. And Ooh. that was our issue at first, right? We wanted to do everything: Grant Cardone, <laughs> Gary V. Uh, uh, but guess what? They have twenty thousand dollars a month teams on their back that do everything for them, yeah. and we didn't right? We had time. We had <laughs> our phone and we check, okay, well, we got, I can dedicate, you know, 10, 10 minutes 15 a minutes a day <laughs> to do a live. And so we did, and it changed our business. And then last but not least on scale, we say growth is never by chance, then invest, right? So once we started, you know, once we were being consistent and we started to grow, okay, then how can we be intentional about this growth? 
what pieces can we put into our system that are going to cause the most growth, right? Do we need a designer first, right? Or do we need a video editor? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think a video editor for us was the right, the right move because it gave her time back. Again, that's, that's pretty much like a, an overall the, the publishing pyramid, but I just wanted to share those phrases because I, I, I thought that were cool. I always say on this podcast, I like to provide inspiration, motivation, and education, and you two have brought that big time. I feel Thank like you. I want to distill just a couple things out of that last part. I couldn't have encouraged you more if I had tried, which I didn't. I promise we didn't talk about this in advance, but it's always so cool when I talk to people that are in the primarily online internet marketing space. And somehow their journey and the message that they send and the mission that they're on comes back to the people first, then profit revolution, which is rooted in relationship marketing, right? One of the things you basically very clearly said is you have to care and you have to care about more than the business, which is something that I tell people really often. If all you care about is the business, when you're branding, marketing, selling, or creating an experience for anybody that interacts with your business, you're going to not succeed well. You might succeed for a period of time, but it won't be sustainable or it won't be scalable. So, so thank you for reminding folks that even in the internet space, even if you're selling info products, even if we're not interacting as, as much as we want to, can't even one-on-one, person-to-person, it still comes back to publish content, create audiences, and then be relatable to them and create relationship marketing opportunities because I really... I say it's a rallying cry now. It's not even a motto or a saying. It's a rallying cry around people first and profit as a movement. So, so thank okay. you for that. All right. Okay. As we wrap up, I wrap up every podcast with a lightning round. Ooh. Let's do it. Whoa. Just, uh, okay. Bye -bye. Warning. I get really <laughs> nervous in lightning rounds, man. I get, I get, I get, you, you might I get hit, sweaty armpits. Might, I, I was like, oh, I cannot perform under pressure. You might get really <laughs> weird answers from Fonzie. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's the exact reason why I have a lightning round and it's why I don't typically tell folks what the questions are going to be. And, and in earnest, I don't, even, I don't even write them down. I'm literally coming off the cuff because I know what I know about you. The first lightning round question, I'm going easy on both of you. Favorite football club? Oh, Barcelona. Arsenal. Let's go. And we're talking about real football, right? <laughs> yes, of course. I, you know, I know that you guys are American <laughs> soccer players, but we call it football. I got football. my Arsenal jersey on and everything. Let's go. Okay. So is that still your favorite sport to play? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I play I, about four times a week. I, I might be, instead of like running around the players, I'm rolling around <laughs> the players, but that's okay. Still my favorite sport to play. I was going to say, in today's episode of Making Don Feel Bad About Himself Not Working Out Enough, uh, I have two soccer <laughs> players on, on my show. Okay, that's great. All right. Uh, favorite beverage? I just I'm going to go with water. Okay, good. Nah, that's a lie. That's a lie. I, I love Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the water person. I love water. Water or drinks. Water or coffee. Or beer. If this is wow. acceptable, I like he asked for one. <laughs> water, water, Red Bull, coffee, and beer. That's that's four. You can each pick two. Pick so two. <laughs> if you're going to go to a movie, is it action adventure or is it a comedy? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, a tough. I, I'll say comedy for me. Yeah, I will say comedy. But I mean, this, this was not one of the options, but I love like sci-fi movies. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. All right, now this one's going to be hard. I'm going to give you an extra couple of seconds. Think, right. think really hard about this one. Mm. Favorite speaker at Funnel Hacking Live 2020. Mm. Man, that, that's such a, that's such, that, is that a trick question? Because we built amazing relationships with many of them. Or are we like, ah, man, you, you had a one more impactful for you. You had one that was like, let me, I'm going to go easy on you. I'm going to ask that question over again. All right. You ready for it? Which speaker at Funnel Hacking Live 2020 was the most impactful for you personally? I mean, it's like good. message wise, 
I think that Funnel Hacking Live, like Dan Henry's message on focus was what we needed to hear. Okay. But man, we cry a lot with Tony Robbins, not gonna lie. I know, right? <laughs> we, we shed some tears. Dude, we had a, here, here's a, a crazy, crazy story on the Tony Robbins. Like uh, we never, I never consumed any of his content. Never, like I've, I know, who, I knew who he was, but never like really paid attention to his message or anything. So we we're excited to see him live. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing starts happening. Like if you've never been in a Tony Robbins like live event, like it's just insane. Obviously you were there, yes. like part of the VIP people got to hang out with him. But anyways, like we had no idea and like the, the music the energy like it was like six hours of like pure energy and then there's like this exercise that that caused like it, it's it's called the, the wind stacking and mm -hmm. that was such an impactful exercise because we were there and he starts like not only with the music but with his message and it's like guys like the negatives are very powerful but you we here's how you can over overrun those negatives and we were in a place where we had our family in town and you know there's always like all this noise around it we uncertain about the business at that point and we start thinking about these things and then it's like start thinking about these beautiful moments, like amazing moments and you grab him and put him on your chest and grab him and put him on your chest and just the energy on the room just come, like come, like starts to just go super high. And that's when we started just like bawling, right? With our eyes closed. And then this guy that was like, three rows ahead of us turns around and takes a picture of us without us knowing. And then after that beautiful, intense moment, he comes to us and he's like, guys, I just like, I opened my eyes and I saw you guys behind and I took this picture and I want to give it to you. What's your phone number? And the picture was just like us, like hugging, crying our eyes out. And it was such an intense moment for us because that technique I've used many, many times in our journey from that day to now, which is I think like eight months mm -hmm. uh, through this like crazy stage in the world that we live in mm -hmm. and you know we're like man like we're we can be so distracted but at the same time let me sit down close my eyes start doing my wind stacking and it lifts me up every single time i'm i can tell you like how many times we've done that that was such a a, a high yeah. on when we left the the event yeah it's so, it's so easy to you know fall into the negative and the negative thinking and worst case of scenarios and is not often when we actually think on all the things we're grateful for, right? Sure. And all those wins that we've had. So when we did that exercise, I was like, and like, it really, you, you could really feel it. It was, it was yeah. great. Well, I, I've had the pleasure of seeing Tony with, with Russell and the ClickFunnels family twice. And this last time, I felt a lot of what you felt. And as I reflect often back on Funnel Hacking Live, that was the last truly large conference that we photographed before COVID reared its ugly head and, and took over the country. And I reflect on how much I miss it. And that no matter how much education and inspiration and motivation we create online, it doesn't have the same energy. And mm -hmm. I, I very much cherish those times and I look forward to them returning. In the meantime, I'm yeah. so honored to have had you here to try to create some, some inspiration, education, and motivation for other people. Quickly before we go, where can people find you? What's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, definitely. So you guys can either listen to our podcast, Content is Profit, in any podcasting platform, or you can go to contentisprofit.com. And we actually have a little gift for you. is a minimal Bible content cheat sheet. Awesome. Wow, what happened there? What happened to your voice? <laughs> Dude, I, I remember. <laughs> I started crying. <laughs> he's, he's, he's emotional, Luis. It's, this is very, he's reflecting on that experience. Okay, no, so we need to find him a girlfriend. Fast. <laughs> we need to find him a girlfriend. All right. In our next podcast episode with Luis and Fozzie, we're going to be finding him a girlfriend. Okay, so... <laughs> 
dating online. So just for for confirmation for the listeners, if you want to find the Biz Bros, you can find them online by listening to their podcast, Content is Profit. And if you go to contentisprofit.com, they have a little giveaway for you, which is the minimal viable content cheat sheet. So listen, you guys, it has been an honor to spend just under an hour with you. I very much appreciate your journey, your stories, your education. I think that there's going to be a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs out there that are going to benefit greatly from this this chat. So thank you for that. Thank Thanks. you, Don. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Thank you for having us. Yeah, it was awesome. Say hi to Emily. I'll tell her. Thank you guys so much. With that, I'm going to have Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you liked this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.